0: All right, guys. Alright, man, we're gonna try to I'm gonna try to do this. So awesome. Awesome. Um well hey, uh I wanna I wanna welcome everybody that's here today. If this is your first time here, my name's Mark, and I'm the pastor here at Summit. We're just excited and honored, privileged to have you here today. And uh, if you are here for your first or second time, we would love to connect with you really quick after today's service. You got a connection card, looks just like this right here when you walked in today. And so if you would just fill out as much as you want to, tell you what you can do. Actually, everybody, if you've got one of these today, it's a great thing. Uh, if you'd fill this out, you can let us know we can pray for you serve you any need that your family has you can put it on this we'll receive the offering after the sermon and you can just drop these cards in the offering baskets as they go around but if you are a first or second time guest we'd love to connect with you at the welcome table out front we've got a free gift for all of our first time guests and also at the welcome table we do a thing it lasts about five or ten minutes it's called first step if you are a returning guest and I have never met you, I would love to meet you really quickly at our, at our welcome table. It's the table out there in the lobby to the right. So just take this card and hang out out there, and, and uh, I'll make my way out to that welcome table. But if you are a returning guest, I would love to meet you and just give you some info about our church today. All right? So, uh, hey, guys, we're going uh, to pray and I want to pray one more time as we are diving in to God's Word. Man, I'm excited about what we get to, uh, what we get to unpack today. So let's, uh, let's ask God to uh, bless our time here. Let's pray real quick. Jesus, your Word's alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. This is not Word. These are not just simply words on a page. This is your breath on a page. It's the Word of God. God, you've spoken to us in this book. So God, make it alive to us today. It is alive. Pray we wouldn't miss it. Pray we wouldn't be so distracted with life and other stuff. God, we'd just come in, come out, and say, well, let's go get lunch, God. But we would have a real encounter with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I'm diving right in, man. Matthew 2. All right, so go ahead and turn it on on your phone. Open it up on the Summit app. There's a Bible in there. It's going to be on the screen in just a minute. Matthew chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 8. And then we're going to read verses 16 through 18. All right, so Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. It's where we're going to be at this morning. Go ahead and open those up. Open it up on your phone, whatever you're packing today. If you got nothing, um, hey, if you got nothing, we got free Bibles in the back. That table there, you ain't got to bum one or even act like you're stealing it. Just take it. I want you to have a Bible, all right? But Matthew 2, verses 1 through 8, and um, let's just read this together here. Like I said, words are on the screen probably behind me. Hopefully they are, but it says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written in the prophets. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Now let's skip down to verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed. All the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was, spoke, what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Hey, everybody knows that there are two things you're never supposed to talk about when you get together with family, colleagues, friends, whatever, especially around the holidays. There's two things you're never supposed to talk about. What are they? You tell me. They are what? Religion and politics, right? You never talk about religion and politics. I don't know how your Thanksgiving was or maybe what you're looking forward to at Christmas, but maybe you know that your family members voted for the other person. And you're, and you're just trying to figure out a way to get in there, get, what you, get the presents, open them up, and get in the car and head home before there's some drama. Maybe there's some drama like that at Thanksgiving. But, but everybody always says there's two things you never talk about because they are always sure to stir something up, religion and politics, and the Bible takes the exact opposite approach. Okay, I mean, you talk about religion, I mean, here's Jesus, and regardless of what you think about Jesus here today, you're a Christian or not, we can all agree Jesus is an extremely influential person. Can we agree on that? I think that we can agree on that, okay? And and politics, here's chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. So right in the middle of Herod the king being, uh, being ruler of Israel and Judah, Jesus is born. So religion and politics, the worlds are colliding here. And, 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 and here's what you need to know when it comes to Jesus and politics since we're on the topic here and I just really want to address it because it just seems that politics is so close to the heart of so many Christians, Right? We just get fired up about it, and, and on the other side of this election cycle, people, people maybe lost friendships, lost relationships because of how closely we hold politics or, or the ideology of a political party. Did you know that Jesus wasn't really much into politics, it seems? Jesus really didn't talk about politics. There's one verse in the Bible where Jesus got close to political and it was when Jesus is asked about paying taxes and Jesus is Jesus responds back we'll give to Herod what's Herod's give to the king what's the king's we'll give to God what is God's that's it Jesus never gave a sermon on politics he never spoke about politics at great length I mean if Jesus had a Facebook Twitter and Instagram this whole election cycle and on election day I think it probably been would have been pretty quiet when it came to politics but he was born in a political situation so, so Herod is the king, and Herod was the king of Israel and Judah from 37 to 4 B.C., and Herod was appointed king by the Roman authorities. Now, here's why that's a big deal, and you're like, well, why does that? I don't care that he was, I don't care that that happened. Here's why that's a big deal, because in 1 Samuel, God makes a promise to King David that from King David, in his lineage, in his family tree, somebody in the family tree of David is going to be king forever. Somebody in the line of David is going to be king of kings. Somebody in the line of David, God says, God makes a covenant with David. And he says, David, in your family is going to be somebody who's going to rule, beyond on the throne for eternity. So from that point forward, Israel and Judah, they are looking for somebody who's related to David to be king. Herod is not related to David. Herod is put in power by Roman authority. So what that means is they know that he is not the one that he's not anybody that God promised. So the Jews had no respect for Herod. But Herod was known for at least two things. One thing Herod was known for, he was a builder. He rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem, he rebuilt cities, he built he built buildings. I mean I mean this guy was a builder. Also, he was ruthless. Herod wanted to be king forever. And anybody who was a potential threat to Herod being king, anybody that was a potential to steal on the throne away from Herod, Herod was not going to deal with it because Herod wanted to be king forever. So much so, Herod, and history records this, Herod thought his wife was going to try to overthrow him and she was going to, t- try to try to rule over Israel and Judah. Herod has his own wife murdered. He thought the same thing about some of his sons. He had some of his own kids murdered because he thought they were going to try to overthrow him and they were going to try to take the throne. And so Herod is a ruthless king. And if you notice, and you know this, maybe you're familiar with the Christmas story, in chapter 2, the wise men come to Herod. We're going to talk about the wise men next week, so come back. But the wise men come to Herod. Listen to their question in verse 2. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews. So the wise men come into Herod and they say, Herod, Herod, listen, we know that you're king, but did you hear there's another king? Did you hear that that another king has been born? He's a bigger king. He's a better king. I don't know if you read the USA Today or the Hazard Herald, Herald, but there's a king that's been born. And so Herod, Herod is, is freaking out. Herod is worried. Herod is afraid that there's this other king. And so right out of the gate, it wants us to know, especially from wise men. We'll talk about why that's a big deal next week. But these wise men know that there is not simply a baby born. There was a king born. So that's what's really important that we need, to, we need to know. Jesus was not simply a good man. All right. It is not enough for you and I to think to have really high regard for Jesus, respect for Jesus, because we think he was a good person. That's not good enough, y'all. Jesus was not simply a good person. He wasn't simply a good teacher. Jesus was God with skin on. Okay. At Christmas time, we worship the we celebrate the incarnation that God put on flesh and became man. So Jesus is one hundred percent God and one hundred percent man, but he never sinned. So Jesus is king. In fact, the word that the Bible uses most often is this, Lord. Jesus is Lord. In John chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus, this is after the resurrection, Jesus starts to appear to his disciples. And he hadn't appeared to all of them yet. He had only appeared to to, to some of them. And, and And the first group of disciples that Jesus appears to after the resurrection, they go and they tell the other disciples, well, there's one, Thomas, Thomas doesn't believe it. You've heard that phrase, doubting Thomas, right? So Thomas doesn't believe that Jesus is back from the dead. He's he's doubting Thomas. He's where that comes from. In fact, Thomas says this, listen, I'll believe that Jesus is is alive if I can touch the wounds that are in his hands and his feet and in his side. If I see him, then i believe it. Well, in John chapter 20, Jesus appears in a room to all of the disciples. And in John chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus invites Thomas to touch his wounds in his hands The wound's in his feet and the wound's in his side. And Jesus says to Thomas, Thomas, don't disbelieve, believe. And in verse 28, Thomas says this. Thomas, the Bible says, bows down, looks at Jesus, and he says, my Lord and my God. He worships Jesus. I mean, he worships Jesus, the man God with skin on, right there in front of him. Thomas gets on his face and begins to worship Jesus. He says, my Lord and my God. And Jesus does not look at Thomas and say, whoa, bro, I'm a good person, but don't go that far, dude. Calm down. No, Jesus says, this is right. It is right that he is worshiping me. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. In Matthew chapter 8, it says that Jesus is Lord over all diseases. That all disease one day will bow down to Jesus because Jesus is Lord of disease. They will either cure it in this life, or one day when Jesus comes back, he will wipe away death and disease and pain completely. Because he's Lord of disease. Not only that, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27, it says that Jesus is Lord over creation in all of the elements. In Matthew chapter 8, 28 through 33, it says that Jesus is Lord over the devil and all demons. At the cross and in the resurrection, we see that Jesus is Lord Over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Jesus is Lord, Summit. But listen, it isn't enough to say that Jesus is Lord. I want you to know today, Jesus wants to be your Lord. Jesus was born to be our Lord, your personal Lord. In fact, write this down. If you only get one thing that I'm going to say for the next couple of minutes, I would love for it to be the next thing that I'm about to say. Write this down and I pray you never forget it. Here it is Jesus doesn't want any other position in your life than Lord. Did you get that? Jesus doesn't want any other position in your life, guys, than the position of Lord. What's Lord mean? Here's what Lord means it's real simple. Lord means boss. That's exactly what it means. Lord means boss. Jesus as Lord means that you hand the proverbial keys of your life over to Jesus and say, Jesus, you are boss. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus means when he says, follow me. If anybody wants to be my disciple, follow me. I'm in front. You're in the back. I'm in the front. You're doing what I say. You are following me. I, I was trying to think of a, a, a way to, to help us understand this, and it occurred to me. It's so simple. Um played, Simon Says. You ever played Simon Says? Three of you. I, I guess the rest of you, I don't know what happened. Um, but, but here's why i, I got to explain it because some of you just, uh, you didn't know. Simon Says, so, so somebody is Simon and you do whatever they say, as long as it's legal, I guess. And, um, and so you just do whatever we say. In fact, let me, let's, let's play it right now. All right? Let's play Simon Says. Okay, here we go. Simon Says, raise your right hand. Right? 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 Simon Says, put your hand down. Simon Says, raise your left hand. Simon Says, put your left hand down. Raise your right hand. Oh mmm. Mm, mm. Everybody that just raised your hand, you're not going to heaven. That's what that means. So what that means, guys. Right? I'm just joking. Don't oh don't joke. Preacher humor. Um That's what it means for Jesus to be Lord. We do what Jesus says. now, Now, it doesn't mean a perfect life, but it means Jesus. Here's the keys to my life. I'll make the decisions you tell me to make. I'll think about dating and marriage and money the way that you tell me to think about dating and marriage and money. I'll think about parenting the way that you tell me to think about parenting. I'll think about my future the way that you tell me to think about my future. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. We don't like the fact that we don't like the old Jesus is Lord thing. We don't. But but, but, you're at church. You wouldn't say that, Brother Mark, I just love that Jesus is Lord. Well, your halo ain't that shiny. Okay? It's not. It's not. Because here's what. We like to be our own Lord, don't we? We like to call our own shots. And if we can sprinkle a little Jesus on it, that'd be awesome. Right? So here's what a lot of people that go to church every Sunday do. A lot of people treat Jesus like Jesus is their personal assistant. You know, Jesus, can you get me a latte and a hot spouse? That's what a lot of people treat you. That that Jesus exists to do what I want when I want it. Jesus is not your personal assistant. Or people treat Jesus like Jesus is the genie in the bottle. And if you can just Christina Aguilera it for a little bit, if you rub him the right way, is that a little too old for you guys? Some of you didn't get that. You're blessed if you didn't get it, to be honest. But Jesus is a genie who just exists to, he, he's, he, his only purpose is to grant all of my wishes, I mean prayers, that I pray. And the proof that some people think that is as soon as God doesn't do something the way that you don't want him to, people quit coming to church, they quit doing everything. God, and the reason I, and, well, hey, you quit coming. I did quit coming because God did something I didn't want him to do. As if God owes us something, y'all. Listen, God doesn't owe us anything. Jesus is not our genie, okay? Jesus is Lord. Or, or, or a lot of people treat Jesus like Jesus is fire insurance, right? Do you know when you think about fire insurance? When you need it, right? So here's the way a lot of people talk. Check yourselves, check yourselves because maybe this is you. Check yourselves. Hey, are you a Christian? Yeah, I got saved when I was four. I got baptized not long after that. Hey, well, that's awesome. You're 40, How does Jesus impact the way you treat your wife? How does Jesus impact the way you treat your kids? How does Jesus impact the way that you think, the way that you talk, the way that you use your time? How is Jesus impacting the way that you think about your money? How is Jesus impacting your goals? How are you dying to yourself so that Jesus can be more alive inside of you? Praise God for what you did at four, but if he is Lord, what's he doing today? Do you see this? Do you see this? Jesus is not just useful when you die. He is useful now because he's Lord. Or a lot of people treat Jesus, and people think this way all the time, people treat Christianity, faith, religion, as as if it's just an endless option on a religious buffet, right? Kind of like going to Golden Corral. You ever been to Golden Corral? Who's been to Golden Corral, right? Praise the Lord. If you want proof that there's a good God in heaven, go to Golden Corral, Right? I love, I, I love Golden Corral, and I love Golden Corral because Golden Corral is one of the only places in the world where you can go and you can get a plate, and you just take that plate, and you can get some steak, and you can get some pizza and spaghetti and green beans and waffles and douse it in chocolate sauce. It's awesome, right? Well, people do that with Jesus and eternity all the time. Well, you know what? I really like that Jesus says if I ask him to save me, he will, so I don't have to go to hell. So I will ask him to save me because I hear that hell's hot. But you know what? I don't like that Jesus tells me to pray for my enemies. I'd actually like my enemies to get what they have coming to me. So I'll go over here to the Buddhism, Buddhism section, and I'll take some karma. I'm following some of y'all on Facebook. Golly, man. Hashtag karma, checking in at Summit. Oh. Um, I, really don't like, I really don't like the thought that my family and friends might not, might not all go to heaven. I can't stand the thought of some of them going to hell. So I know that Jesus says that he's the way, the truth, and the life, but I'm really going to go over here to the universalism section, and I'm going to secretly believe that all dogs and all people go to heaven. And while we're at it, it's 2016. Surely nobody seriously take, take, listens to the Bible anymore when it talks about sex and marriage and dating. I mean, all my other friends are doing whatever they want. I think that I'll just do it too because, hey, God forgives. You know, what's the matter at the end of the day? Listen, it doesn't work that way. And it doesn't work that way because Jesus is Lord. So ask the question, is Jesus your Lord? Is Jesus your Lord? Well, I got saved when I was little. I don't care. Praise God. but You're not little anymore, man. we got to get this whole cultural Christianity. It's like this southern fried Jesus that we've all adopted where we just think that our granddad was a believer. Surely it runs into family. Well, I was saved when I was little. Listen, you're not staying little, man. If the Lord of the universe is alive inside of you, he will impact the way that you live. Is he? And this is not optional. This is not optional. I got saved in 1996, and I know I'm really saying a long time on this, but man, I've pray i been praying for this sermon. I I really want our church to grab this. I got saved in 1996. In the late 90s, early 2000s, it was really popular for people to talk this way. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've even said it. I don't know. But uh, it was really popular for people to say things like this. You can make Jesus your Savior, but not your Lord. Have you ever heard that? Right? I used to hear all There used to be preachers that said stuff like that all the time. I think God might have killed them all. I don't know. But, um, But there would be preachers who would say things like this. Now, some of you, you've made Jesus your Savior, but you haven't made him your Lord. Today, make Jesus your Lord. It doesn't work that way. The reason I know it doesn't work that way is because for five years in this church, every single week, I have managed to quote Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. I put it on the screen here. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be what? There's no other way to get saved than to take the proverbial keys of your life and say, Jesus, you're Lord, I'm not. They're, 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 this is not optional. This is not JV Christianity. This is 101, bottom shelf, getting through the door. Jesus, your Lord, not me. Right? And when and, and we say that Jesus is Lord, when the Bible says that Jesus is Lord, it doesn't mean that Jesus is this dictator that rules his people with an iron fist. No, nah, man, listen. Jesus is the Lord who rules his people with love and mercy and grace and forgiveness and understanding. But make no mistake about it, Jesus is the Lord that leads. Is that right? See, Summit, if Jesus is Lord, two things. I want you to see two things. If Jesus is Lord, it means two things, all right? If Jesus is Lord, it means two things. First, if Jesus is Lord, we should worship him. If Jesus is Lord, we should worship him. The wise men come to Herod, and here's all they know, verse 2. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. We have come to worship him. We've come to worship Jesus. See, I'm not into worship. Yeah, you are. It's all you do. Worship is the reason you've been getting out of bed for 20 years, going to a job you hate, and you complain about it. But the reason you go to that job that you hate is because you like the money that that hateful job gives you and what you, what you can do with that money. Why? Because worship. Worship is all we do. Everybody in the room worships something. Everybody does. Well, I'm an atheist. That's great. I was at one time, too. I would love to have a conversation with you about that, but even atheists worship something. Some people worship themselves. Some people worship a celebrity. Some people worship a sports team. Some people worship a political party. Some people worship their job, their spouse, their kids, their car, their boat, their vacations, their retirement. We worship something. Everybody worships something. Worship is the reason that a grown man will go to a college basketball game, a rep Arena, and that man should have no business whatsoever taking his shirt off in public, and he takes it off and paints himself blue, and we can never unsee what we see in that moment. Why does a grown man do that? Worship, right? Worship is why we do that. And listen, listen, listen. Every single time we worship something other than God, the Bible calls that an idol. What is an idol? Here's what an idol is. Tim Keller says it this way. Think, think through this. Think through this. An idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give, what, what only God can give you. An idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts, if I have that, then I will feel that my life has meaning. Then I'll know that I have value. Then I'll feel significant and secure. Can I just tell you that I do this all the time? I've done this so many times with this church. I've I've thought to myself, oh man, if our church can get this size, oh man, if our church can do this, oh man, if if our church can be like this, 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 then I'll feel secure, secure, then I'll feel significant. And praise God that it's in those moments that God comes to me and says, Mark, you idiot. I, I do this. Let me ask you a question. Do you do this? Do you do this? Is there anything right now in your heart of hearts that you're looking at and say, you know what, if I had that, if my family had that, we would matter. We would be secure. We would be okay. My life would be everything that I've ever dreamed if I have that. Is there an idol in your life? Listen, if there is, the only right response is to repent and to say, Jesus, I am sorry, forgive me. Herod's idol was being king. That was Herod's idol. Herod wanted to be king so bad that verse 16 through 18, he has every boy two years old and under in Bethlehem murdered because he didn't want anybody to come and take the throne from him. You say, listen, I'll never go that far. Okay, maybe you won't, but here's what we will do to keep our idols. We'll lie to ourselves. We'll lie to other people. We'll lie to God to justify keeping something in our lives that we know is hurting us, it's killing us, and Jesus was born in Bethlehem so that you and I do not have to waste our lives settling for the God substitutes that the world tries to give us when we were made to worship the one true and living Lord of the universe, Jesus. So if Jesus is Lord, then we should worship him. I saved the best for last. You're going to love this. Uh, Oh, you've been waiting. If Jesus is Lord, we should submit to him. Woo! Man, is there a more unpopular word in the English language than the word submit? Right? I mean, if you want to just suck the life out of a party, just walk into it unannounced and just scream, submit! Right? Submit. We hate that idea. Why? Because we like to do what? What we want to do. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. We like to do our own thing. That's why I I love, love, this is becoming one of my favorite verses. I've memorized this verse. I love Romans chapter 13, 14. It just simply says this, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Guys, that's so short, you could memorize it and God will use it in your life. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. That is not something you do one time. That's something you do every day. I gotta put on Jesus when I'm walking into school today. I gotta put on Jesus when I'm going to work today. I gotta put on Jesus. Because people are talking about me and I wanna respond in a way that God I don't think wants me to respond. I'm gonna put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm gonna put on the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm gonna use my mind the way that he tells me to use my mind. I'm gonna think thoughts that God wants me to think. I'm gonna put on the Lord Jesus Christ and and use words that the Lord Jesus Christ would want me to use. I'm I'm gonna put on the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm only gonna use my body in the way that the Lord Jesus Christ tells me. I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ in the area of my finances and I'm going to ask him how he wants me to use these finances and no matter what he says, I'm going to begin to take steps to follow him in obedience. I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just ask you a really simple question. Is there an area of your life today, Summit, that you need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus? is there? Is there? See, what we try to do sometimes is, is we, try, we try to make things fit into our lives that we know and God knows are not okay. Do you remember those toys that, that we all had probably when we were little, those toys, just a block, and, and it had some spaces cut out. There was a space cut out for a circle, a space cut out for a star, a space cut out for a square, and then it came with a circle, star, and a square. And you're supposed to put the square in the square space. Remember that? and the star in the star space, and the circle in the circle space. Well, here's what a lot of us try to do with our lives. What we try to do is we try to make the star fit in the square space, and it won't fit. We, We try to make the circle fit in the star space, and it won't fit. So we do things like this. Jesus, listen, we are consenting adults, and it's not hurting anyone. This is okay. It's not. Jesus, I'm going to do this and I don't care what my parents think, what anyone else thinks, it makes me happy and I'm trying to fit it in and it's not working. It's not working. Is there an area of your life that you need to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ? Herod wanted to be king forever and clearly he's not. In fact, and, I, and I, did, I did not put verse 19 on the screen on purpose, right? This is what chapter 2, verse 19 says. Herod tried to be king forever. He had his wife murdered, his own kids murdered. This is idle. Chapter 2, verse 19 says this. It's not on the screen. You can read it in your Bible. But if you don't have it, listen to me. Chapter 2, verse 19. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. It appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Let me read it again. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. Did you hear that? But when Herod died, God moved on. Because the story wasn't about Herod. And the story's not about Mark Holmes, And the story's not about anybody in this room. The story is about Jesus. Because Jesus is Lord And so Herod tried to hang on, and he sinned, and he did horrible things because Herod put something in his life as Lord other than Jesus. And what happened to Herod? He died. Mark this down. Every single thing that you and I put in our lives in the place of Jesus, the same thing will happen to it that happened to Herod. It will die Either it died or that wasn't popular anymore, or nobody listened to them anymore, people stopped going to that website uh, a couple of years later, or the job ended, or they really did physically die, the relationship ended, I broke up with them, they broke up with me, and on, and on, and on, and on, and on. And listen, if you've never heard anything that I've ever said in the five years of this church, would you listen to me for 15 seconds? Because I want to tell you that every single Lord you try to put in your life will disappoint you crush you and devastate you because you were only made for one Lord and his name is Jesus. And that is not preacher talk, man. That is not preacher talk. That is coming from a man, a human being who just like you because of, because of sin tries to put other things in our lives in the place of Jesus. And every single time we're reminded, nothing takes the place of Jesus. It's a lot of talk. We're done. It's a lot of talk right now about being on the wrong side of history. Have you heard people talk this way? they on the news. You know? We don't want to be on the wrong side of history. I've heard people talk that, especially in this election season. If Jesus is the Lord of history you do not want to be on the wrong side of that. If Jesus is Lord, and what we celebrate at Christmas is that Jesus came one time born in a manger, but we're going to talk about it in three weeks. At Christmas, we celebrate that he came once, but, he, but we remember he is coming again. Did you know this? Jesus is coming again. He is not coming in a manger. When Jesus comes back, he will come back as the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is going to have a kingdom that will never end. And Philippians 2 says, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Do you know what every knee will bow and every tongue will confess? Do you know what they'll say? Jesus is Lord. You do not want to be on the wrong side of that. You do not, for the love of God, do not be on the wrong side of that. Normally at this time, some people from our band come up and they start to play. I specifically asked our band, don't come up at this, at this point. I just want to let this moment hang in the air. And I want to ask our church, is there an area of your life that you need to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ? Say, well, Mark, I'm afraid to. Mark, what if this happens? Mark, what about this? No, 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 no. He is telling you just to submit that area to him today. Everything after that, trust him in obedience. But today he's calling you to submit that to him. And if you are here today, and he's not your Lord, if if you're not saved, then today he loves you so much, he brought you here so that today he can enter into your life. You can come to him just as you are. You don't have to clean up and come to this church or any church for six months or a year. You can go to Jesus just as you are today and say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord, save me, and he promises he'll do it. But I just believe this is a holy moment where we can go to the Lord Jesus and say, Jesus, you are Lord. And I acknowledge it today. So would you bow your heads with me in prayer? I just want you to think about that question. I want you to think about, is there an area of my life that I need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus? Is there an area of my life? Jesus sees it. And he says, that's mine. And for so long, we've been trying to tell him, no, it's mine. And we've been trying to take it and take it and take it. And today, the Holy Spirit is convicting us. And if you, are, if you are experiencing the conviction of the Holy Spirit, listen to me. He is not doing that to trap you. He's not doing that to say, ha-ha, gotcha, or anything like that. No. He is doing that to set you free. The freest place is to have Jesus in the place of Lord in your life. So I'm not gonna ask anybody to come up front or anything. I believe this is a moment between you and the Lord Jesus. But if you are here today and you would say, Mark, God spoke to me today and there's an area of my life that I need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus, would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand right now so I can pray for you? Raise your hand right now. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Hands are going up all over this room. I want to submit that to Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your hands down, and whether you raised your hands or not, if God is dealing with you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray and be specific as possible with Jesus right now. Jesus, I submit, fill in the blank. Doesn't matter what it is, how embarrassed you are about it. I submit this to you. Nobody knows I've been looking at this stuff, but you do, and I'm submitting it to you right now. Nobody knows I've been going here. Nobody knows this. I submit fill in in the blank to you right now. And as we're just continuing in this season, the spirit of prayer in this room, is Jesus your Lord? Now, Jesus is Lord, But is he your Lord? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Do you have a relationship with him? That doesn't mean that you're perfect, man. Nobody is. But if you are here today and you have never submitted your life to Jesus, you've never given him the proverbial keys to your life, said, here, you're in charge. This is your moment. Say, how do I get saved? Here's how you get saved. We already talked about it. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead for you. You'll be saved. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to give your life to Jesus today and have him be Lord of your life today for the very first time, right there silently where you're at, you can pray this prayer with me. Just repeat this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I give my life to you today to be Lord. Forgive me for my sin. Save me from myself. I give my life to you today. Help me to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back from the dead for me. I give you my life. You are my Lord, In your name. Amen. No one look around. No one look around. And if you just made that decision, I want you to know that I'm so excited about that decision, but Jesus doesn't want you to make that decision and keep it to yourselves. He wants you to tell somebody. And so I'm going to count to three, and I'm just going to ask you, if if today you gave your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time, for the youngest to the oldest, I don't care who you are, how old you are, if today you made Jesus your Lord, today you got saved, today you gave him your life, if you did that today, as soon as I say three, don't worry about what other people do. This is between you and God. I want you to shoot your hand high as as you can. Just say, Mark, today I'm making Jesus my Lord, and I want to celebrate with you today. One, two, three. Three. Raise your hand high if that's you today. Today I'm making Jesus my Lord. He's not, he hasn't been before. I want to give him my life today. Raise your hand right now if that's you. Just put your hand high in the air we'll celebrate that with you today. There's a hand right there in the back. God bless you for that hand. Jesus, you are Lord. You are And we acknowledge that today. We submit to it. Joyfully, we submit to it today. We worship you today as King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this room. I believe you're working in this room right now. And I I pray that what happens here today would not be done here. But that we would put on the Lord Jesus Christ this afternoon and tomorrow and every day as long as we have breath. That we would put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Because you are worth it all. Because you love us and you came for us and you died and came back for us. You are worth it all. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Church, let's thank God for Jesus. That's what we clap and we celebrate and we worship. We thank God for Jesus. And here's what we're gonna do. Um, uh, I think some of our guys are gonna come up here. We're about to close our service, but don't leave. Our ushers are going to get in place right now. We're going to receive our offering. And so any preparations that you need to make, I got something I want to talk to you about, so please don't leave, all right? Any preparations that you need to make, We might need to turn these lights up a little bit. Uh, any preparations you need to make for the offering, go ahead and make those as our ushers are getting in place so that we can receive the offering. But um, I love that today, especially, we're doing the offering after the sermon. And maybe you struggle, maybe you've always struggled with this kind of you know, offering stuff in church and and say, say, man, I struggle with this, what's this about? Um, Or or maybe you're thinking, man, what's a really solid practical way that I can just experience Jesus being Lord and making my Lord? I would say take the step and give because this moment right here when we give, when we give of of the finances and resources that God has given to us, whether you give online, which is how I give, or through our app, or right here in our service, every time we give, it says, Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord, and you are good. And so I just thank you for giving today. I encourage you, if, if God is moving in your heart about it, take that step and be obedient to the Lordship of Jesus. All right? Let's pray one more time for our offering, and then I want to talk to you about something real quick. Jesus, thank you for uh, today. God, thank you for, the, for everybody that gives, whether it's here or online. And we give out of that spirit, God. We give out of that spirit of you as Lord. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Guys, go ahead and begin to receive that offering. I want to say something to our church uh, really quickly. All right, as we are uh, wrapping up today, I want to say something to our church. We are coming into a really strategic time for our church, all right? We are coming into the Christmas season, all right? Now, and I want to say something to our church today, and I want you to get this. So uh, if you can, uh, focus on my pretty sweet face. I'd love for you to focus on my pretty sweet face uh, for just a second here. And I want to challenge our church over this Christmas season to, um, here it is, I want to challenge you to invite boldly to our Christmas services, okay? I want to challenge you to invite boldly. We've been talking about the one, our one, that one person we're praying would meet Jesus, get saved. We've been talking about them all fall. I want to challenge you to do whatever you can to try to get your one here for our Christmas services. On December the 18th, on December the 18th, that, that Sunday morning, is our kids take over. The kids are going to be up on stage. And listen, if your kids are in that program, your grandkids, get all your friends and family to come. And listen, say to people, my kids are going to be up on stage at church. It's going to be so awesome. And if they say, well, I'm not coming, then you look back at them and say, well, then you are a cold-hearted and evil person. All right? That's exactly what you do. It'd be an awesome thing. Um, but get people, the 18th, it's going to be a great day. Our Christmas services are the 21st, all right? Now, we are not having church on Sunday, December 25th. Every single time we have church, there's city's employees that need to be here. We want them with our family. And to be honest, we want to honor our volunteers. A lot of volunteers ha- are going to be out of town, so we want to honor and thank our volunteers. Say, listen, we're just not going to have church on December 25th. We're going to have our main Christmas service on December 21st. When you leave today right outside that door, everybody, will, everybody should get a couple of invite cards to our Christmas service, all right? It's got the title on the front, on the back side of the info. Just give these uh, as you're walking around Walmart or whatever. Now, I want to train you to do something really quick, then I'm going to let you go, all right? Everybody will get one of these cards. We are asking on December 21st, every single person, even if you've been here every Sunday for five years, all right, we know your name, address, and your social security number. All right, but if that's you, even if it's you, we are asking every single person on December 21st to grab one of these cards and to fill it out as best as you can. All right, and here's why because our intention on the very next day, on that Thursday, is to follow up with every single person that comes to our Christmas service, write them a handwritten letter, thank them, and this is you'll get one too, thanking them for coming and inviting them to come back January 1st, alright so if you get, well I didn't get one of your handwritten cards well it's because you didn't fill out the connection card December 21st, that's why bro alright, take that attitude and <laughs> alright I'm asking you to fill this out, say well I don't want to fill it out well write your name real slow for about four minutes on December 21st Sugarfoot, and that's all you got to do okay, it's going to be awesome, alright hey guys, listen, listen invite boldly to our Christmas services, all right? If you're a first, second time guest, we'd love to connect with you at our welcome table, guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Everybody stand up. Bring somebody with you next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed. Love you guys.